All right. Welcome to our next episode of the Nickel Boys podcast. I am Mrs. Huff and with me today is Mrs. Boer. And we are recording this over a phone call in order to social distance ourselves. And I hope you guys are all having luck with that as well. And I also hope that you're reading this book and enjoying it. And now we can still talk about it. So we read chapters two, three, and four this time. And Ms. Bohr and I were talking about a quote that stood out to us on page 29. It's the first part of chapter three. So this is where they're discussing um, all of the them. And it says, um, as the school year went on, the students of Lincoln High School stopped noticing the curses and impolite suggestions. How to get through the day if every indignity capsized you in a ditch. One learned to focus one's attention. So if that's our quote, we do four things with it. Again, we look at literally what's going on in the text. Then we look at allegorically, how is this like something in another text or in the world? And then we all, then we look at personally, how is it like something that has happened to us or someone we know? And then fourth is our call to action. So I kind of already said the literal, but um, Ms. Bohr, do you have anything to add to what's going on in the book, in um, the novel right now? So in the book, um, basically he's received these, these books from the white high school that they're, they're old books from the white high school given to the black high school as their new books. And um, that is something um, that's like the literal thing, but I think that happens a lot um, from good schools give their old equipment to bad schools or rich schools give their old stuff to um, poor schools, in this case, white schools giving their old stuff to the black schools. And then they've also, you know, um, decimated them or like um, uh, defaced them along the way, which uh, happens as well. Um, yeah, it wasn't enough to just give the school materials that the white school was ready to throw away. Mm -hmm. They also, before they could throw them away to give to the black school, they had to write horrible insults all over them. And I mean, I just picture some, I guess, teacher class saying to kids, all right, we're getting rid of these. So, you know, we're there. Let's get ready to send them. I mean, that's just a whole activity of hate. Yeah. Exactly. Someone had to tell these kids that these books were going to the black school, therefore, and give them this idea that they should, you know, deface them in this way. And that's terrible. I mean, but really, that's racism in its core is it's taught because people don't automatically start going, oh, I'm going to hate somebody for something like their skin tone, but rather they learn it from somewhere. They learn it from their parents, their grandparents, older brothers and sisters, or from some other institution. Yeah, um, it's an institution, a systemic racist activity. Yeah. And we see that the students at Lincoln High School are learning to avoid it. So as we think about the allegory here, uh, in what other context, other books, we've seen people 
ignoring something awful and focusing their attention? Well, my first thought was the movie Stand By Me, where the um, principal, um, he was originally kicked out of this high school and then he comes back years and years later um, as he was like the teacher first, he comes back as the principal. And one of the first things he does is say, I'm going to paint all of the graffiti in the hallways. And if it goes up one day, we're going to take it down the next day. And we're going to change this school by first changing how it looks. And that's what happens in this scene with this, with this, um, uh, the teacher comes in and says, okay, first thing we're going to do is we're going to start marking out all of these bad things so that we don't have to look at them anymore. And that was what came to mind was the stand by me moment where he's like, nope, we're not going to let you guys walk around looking at these gang signs and slurs anymore, because obviously it's going to affect you. Even if you think that you're ignoring it and you might not think about it all the time, seeing those negative words, phrases, pictures, graffiti, mm -hmm. whatever it is, do subconsciously leak in and affect your mentality. Yeah, and I actually wanna make the allegory to what we're all going through right now with the coronavirus, that if focus on the news and how many infections there were and how many deaths there were and what countries are doing and what things are getting shut down. And if that is what we focused on, that I get notifications of constantly on every device I own, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to do anything else. I would be paralyzed and couldn't reach out and work with kids, couldn't play with my daughter, couldn't enjoy like an obstacle course of uh, those things couldn't be focused on unless I learned to focus my attention, which is currently what I'm doing. Learning to have times of the day where I block out all the news and focus on something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's an important thing to learn because you're going to be faced with negativity or things that, you know, could distract you, but learning to block those out and focusing on the important things, whatever it is you need to get done, um, whatever steps you need to take and whatever goals you might have, uh, being able to focus in on those things is a really important skill to learn. It is. And we all have lots of ways that we learn it. But I also think it's interesting that this isn't just a negative, a, a random negative thing. Obviously, it is a both systemic and personal, he says, indignity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's with the, with the coronavirus in the news right now, that's what's happening to everybody all over the world. Uh, in Stand By Me with the graffiti and the gangs, that's a little more targeted at those students. Mm -hmm. but that's still just the gang signs of like, this is our territory, that's our you know, this part's for us and that part's for you. Mm -hmm. This is an attack on the person who's trying to learn from the book they're trying to learn from. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is an indignity. And I wonder about how it becomes you, you said you can't walk through those halls without having that affect you. I wonder how this is something that affects them. And even if they are learning to ignore it in order to learn, 
should they? Should they? Well, first of all, obviously you shouldn't have to. This should not exist. But it right. did something that happened in our nation's past, and hopefully doesn't still happen in this way. Well, uh, I mean, unfortunately, right. racism does still exist, and it's oh, something that yes. we are dealing with on a daily basis. Yes, but I would hope that there's not the same kind of systemized like teacher in the classroom somewhere telling people to deface books. Right. I, I would hope we've moved beyond some of that. For example, when I discover um, inappropriate things written in books in my classroom, right. I have students mark it out or otherwise try to fix it so that it's no longer there. Um, and so it's not affecting them. Yes. But yeah, it's... Yeah, and that is true. We do see that, you know, as we move to the personal, you see it in, in textbooks in your classroom. When we have those testing barriers that we have to put oh. up, oh my God, you know, <laughs> and yeah, there are lots of insults drawn all over them. Mm -hmm. And I've always wondered about that. Like, you don't know who's going to be sitting there after. Mm -hmm. One is drawing you know, genitalia, mm -hmm. and people are cursing out random people who sit there after them, mm -hmm. and calling them names, and hard things about someone they don't even know, and they don't know who's going to sit there. It might be somebody they like. Right. Could so you I've always wondered about that impulse to just spew some sort of awful negativity all over, like, these barriers that somebody else has to sit by, or textbooks, or... I wonder what the impulse is and how that happens. It's a good question. I have often wondered that myself um, because I know I don't, I personally don't get the urge to draw, you know, genitalia on things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't understand. And I sometimes I, I go, oh, well, it's just kids being kids. But I was a child once upon a time and I don't recall ever drawing genitalia um, mm -hmm. on like a school book. Right. So, so why are we doing that to somebody else? And then why, what do we expect the reaction to be? How do we expect that to be seen? You know, right. and do we just expect that everyone learn to focus their attention and ignore it? Right. I mean, if I'm being distracted as the testing um, coordinator or texting proctor by all of these negative images in the testing room, how does the person sitting there testing feel? You know, how are they, you know, being distracted by it as well? I don't know. That's a tough one. But as we think about a call to action, mm -hmm. I'm really just had to focus his attention mm -hmm. and because of years of practicing that then that means that in this case Elwood is used to giving up some of his dignity some of his civil rights because he's used to those attacks that he just has to ignore mm -hmm. and it's kind of like what he talks about with Funland and the fact that you know someday it was going to be open to everybody but he's just been dreaming about the time and he knows that that's not open to him right now because of 
color of his skin. Right. But one day it will be. That's the hope, yeah. Um, should he have to wait? Uh, should we have to ignore and get used to? Or should we start teaching people that instead of ignoring the attacks and insults that come from the outside, that, that we need to stop them? Yeah. You know, I, I connect it kind of to the Me Too movement, where the first thing that happened was that a lot of people were putting Me Too as their status on Facebook and saying, you know, anybody who's ever been harassed, but this is your status. And maybe if people knew how widespread it was, they wouldn't, they would stop ignoring it. Mm -hmm. It's that same sort of thing. It gained national momentum because of so many people who finally stood up and said something. Right. And of course, it's not all the way fixed. Right. Not even close. And I think we're in a similar place with racism. Right. But I think that unless we stand up and say something, even when it is a small injustice, a small moment, if we turn and stop and face the person and not throw a punch, you know, I'm not saying we should fight, but I am saying we should fight back. I'm saying that we should stop and turn and say, I'm sorry, that's racist. I'm sorry, that's sexist. It is not okay that you speak to me that way. Um, this is inappropriate. I will not be engaging with it. it we need some form of says, no, you will not say this to me. Right. If we call out those microaggressions or these maybe smaller moments when someone is being racist, sexist, whatever, then mm -hmm. it can build towards actually tackling, you know, the greater sexist, racist issues. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I'm called to do. I saw a post about if you uh, hear a, a racist or a sexist joke that what you ought to do isn't just ignore it, but rather say, I don't get it. Why is that funny? Yeah. And try to make somebody almost explain it to you. Then they have to realize that what they're saying is that they have to laugh at another race or sex. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really important um, thing to think about. So that's what I think I'm going to be calling you and call out whether it's against me or or against someone else but if i see any of those smaller aggressions rather than trying to ignore and focus my attention i'm going to do the opposite and stop and say no yeah what about you i i think that's a really good idea i think that um i i know in my classroom i tried to to do that but i think that i could do more in my personal life and with uh friends or family members uh particularly i've got a lot of family members who um could be called out um particularly on the racism and they they wouldn't consider themselves to be racist but when you're talking about like you know racist or sexist jokes and then mm -hmm. I, if you ask them to explain and then it's like, oh, well, you know, it's funny because it's racist. If that's what it comes down to, then maybe you shouldn't be telling those kind of jokes in the first then place. Maybe it's not funny. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I can definitely work on that myself. Um, talking to my particularly family members <laughs> is where I see it.
um, in my personal life. Yeah. I, in the library, I do that with uh, LGBTQ issues. You know, I hear students call each other gay and I always say, we don't use sexuality as an insult in this room. Nice. You're like, but Miss, I was like, no, you have no idea who is and who isn't struggling with a sexual identity or who is or isn't gay. And we are not going to use it as an insult. Heterosexuality is not an insult. Neither is homosexuality. Yeah. So I hope to do that more in other areas as well. Awesome. Yeah, I, um, I will do the same. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, if we each can make a little bit of improvement um, in our daily lives with the people that we interact with, and that spreads little by little, we might actually be able to- a real difference. Make a real difference, exactly. That ripple effect. So uh, Eagles, please join us. Let's all do it and make a larger ripple effect. Awesome. Um, I hope you guys I will get this out as soon as possible and we'll try to get another section in soon. You know, rather than stick to the exact original schedule with coronavirus, now that I have a way to record, I will try to put these podcast episodes out pretty frequently and give you something to do while you're reading the book. I look forward to reading along with you. If you like the book and you don't have a copy, you can also check out a digital copy or an audiobook copy from the public library, and you can do that with your lunch number and a PIN, and the PIN is 4321. So from the public library, your lunch number, and if you don't already have a copy from me. Thank you guys awesome. for, <laughs> thanks. Thank you guys for being with us today and have a great day. Thank you, Ms. Huff. This was fun.